Welcome down to this week's episode of Paddy Talks Golf, powered by 4Golf Customs. So head over to 4Golf.ie today to get your tour-level custom fitting experience. This week's podcast is all around women in golf, getting into golf, their experiences, their perceptions, and maybe why more women don't play. This podcast is a bit different. For one, I've done hours and hours of research, not like me. Uh, And today's episode is broken down into seven segments. Between each segment, you'll hear a a whoosh sound, like this one. And the segments are, we'll cover a bit of history of women in golf, a bit of data, I love a bit of data, we'll cover survey time, and maybe some suggestions around what golf clubs could or should do um, to change. Um, We cover interviews with Jen Fiery and Noel Francisco. We cover segment three, that are on the Women in Golf Charter and the Golf Ireland Get Into Golf Programme. Uh, we cover top golf in America, uh, big changes in America around uh, getting more people into golf, not just women. And they did uh, a bit around why top golf say women are better than men at golf. We have some general ladies getting into golf, frequently asked questions. And the last two segments is all about you folks, the listeners, and those who follow me over on social media. Segment six, I did a giveaway for some Masters swag donated by 4Golf. Uh, so we'll list the winners for that. I'll also be DMing you folks on that social media platform of choice. Uh, so get in touch with your address so I can send you out those prizes. And segment seven is this week's giveaway, this competition. And I have two JP McManus caps to give away. And we'll cover them off with a GoFundMe page. Whoever donates a fiver or more uh, is gets a ticket, basically. A ticket to the raffle, that is. So, yeah. Let's get stuck in. Roll it there, Colette. Joe Bradley told us the production line was finished in Kerry. Where's Joe Bradley? What do you think it is? Donald Donovan is the last quarterback. He hits it. He hits it. It's over the bar. Oh, holy Moses. It's all on this. So, golf, despite a debatable perception of the game itself, and most definitely of golf club culture, we all know, us golfers, that the game itself is really, really fun and addicting. Um, it's perceived, let's, let's call it as it is, folks, it's male-dominated, uh, intimidating, considered a boys' club, solid image of exclusion. Um, more than a stereotype, this is, above all, a real cultural problem for, for women especially, and, and that's kind of the topic I'm covering this week. Quick story time. Golf are only like everything started in the 1550s with the with a woman, Mary Queen of Scots. As for the construction of the first golf course ever, yes, St Andrews, where the 150th Open is happening uh, this year. She was a big fan of golf, didn't care about all the negative comments coming from the gents' population even back then. And soon the sport became really popular. A lot of golf course courses were progressively built in Scotland, then the UK, Ireland, around the world. Unfortunately, after Queen Mary's death, golf quickly became elitist, associated with business, and women were slowly but surely excluded. Unfair, right? Then women had to wait until 1867 to finally rise again in golf, with the first ladies club was created, well, you guessed it, in St. Andrews. And the women's presence in clubs and championship, championships haven't been questioned since. So that's a short story, but it shows the cultural problem that has been hidden behind the sport and reported by women constantly. Um, today, golf is more open than ever than it's ever been before, but it still carries that 
that this sexist and discriminating heritage with it. Uh, it's still seen as a man's game. We get into the perceptions of golf with our interviewees today, uh, Jen and Noel. Um, but we've had some great women players in the game and, and, and still do. Uh, Babe Dick, Babe Dickinson Zaharias, I would know her as Babe Zaharias, uh, Nancy Lopez, Australian players Carrie Webb, and especially for the last 10 years with names like Anna Northcross, Lexi Thompson, Jessica Corda, Lydia Cole, Michelle Wee, Charlie Hull, our own Leon McGuire, and Stephanie Meadow, especially for kids growing up in our own island of Ireland. Uh, I found a survey uh, by Untraced Golfing in the States, so check them out, Google Untraced Golfing. And they surveyed millennials and also women who didn't play golf uh, and as to why they didn't play. And the majority of reasons women, and millennials for that matter, that don't play golf are golf is seen as time-consuming, it's expensive, the logistics around the sport are annoying, it's slow, boring, repetitive, elitist, and you need a membership to play. It's difficult, the rules are arduous and fucking confusing. It's very competitive and golf isn't an option at school. There was also some harsher answers like, and bear in mind it was an American survey, the outfits suck, style and colours are awful. Most courses are built by men for men. Long distances, boring clubhouses. Male members simply don't want their wives and children to come with them. There is still a huge sexism and discrimination problem in golf. Stereotypes about women are still very common and hard to break. Women only want to socialise, have a slow pace of play, don't know the rules and don't know how to play. Does this ring any bells folks? Does this ring any bells as to how some of us may have thought before about how women play the game? These people were also asked, why would you start golfing one day? The main answer, I would play golf if I had friends to play with and if I had fun on the course. The same survey asked what aspects of golf or golf club would entice them to play. And the following mainstay answers were collated. If there was a flexible mode of play, maybe six or nine holes, a friendlier atmosphere, a simpler game, no complicated rules, and a relaxed etiquette. Special coaching or programs for women and, and younger people to learn the game. If there was a fitness, a spa, or a wellness infrastructure in the golf club. If there was other things to do that associated with golf, like yoga or pilates. If the space for tennis or squats course was also mentioned. If there was club privileges for members and families. If other facilities for friends and family, like a pool or deck or a restaurant or bar, were uh, were allowable for, for non-members. I think those are all really applicable. Within golf clubs though, getting women to play golf requires a shift in attitude from not just the members, from the top down. Simple gestures like having more women staff, having women PGA, uh, or displaying the LPGA Tour on, on in the bar and the restaurant can make a massive difference when trying to shift the culture in a clubhouse. When you change the culture and start getting a new demographic interested in playing the game, word of mouth referrals increase and the word of mouth referrals are free and they're actually more impactful than paying for marketing and your customer base will grow, your membership base will grow. There's this myth that women don't have time to play the game and I find that really annoying. In reality, golf is a sport that appeals to both women and men. It encourages camaraderie, human interaction and community. The good news is that it isn't that difficult to make these changes and the benefits are felt pretty quick, almost immediately. I found another list. Um, I love a good list. Uh, structural changes that could or sh should be made by golf clubs. Here, are, here they are. 
Golf clubs must be more welcoming, social, accessible to women and girls. Uh, initiatives like creating a cool atmosphere, promoting friendship, inclusivity, flexibility, being cool with the dress code. A lot of golf clubs have changed, okay? Um, but in the main, all right? Um, introducing flexible rules in the clubhouse. Phones and laptops allowed should be implemented. Uh, there are a few golf clubs uh, that don't allow this, but I've been in many that, that do. Uh, the improvement of the gender balance on golf courses must be considered as a priority for golf clubs. Female and family imagery must be more visible, obvious in internal and external golf club marketing. Special memberships for women and girls could be introduced. Discounts on membership, flexible memberships, summer only, for example. Uh, for example, I think rugby starts in like October and finishes in May or June. So there's an example of maybe another sport in your locality that women play. Uh, or young people play and you can offer like a summer only membership affordable equipment rentals on the list referral programs having women work on the staff on the board of management female lessons could be and perhaps should be taught by female coaches to make people more comfortable organizing social events for women and family like father daughter or a friends tournament uh, building infrastructure aside from golf like maybe a short course or a pitch and push or play areas for kids or family friendly driving ranges I think um, I think both women in the interview today mentioned that. Um, building after-golf facilities, like a, a gym. My God, like, why don't more golf clubs have gyms? Um, and areas for children, building leisure areas, like, around the bar or, or, or areas within the bar restaurant for social events and social matters. A big one. Building alliances and partnership with local business and corporates. Introducing golf at school. I did it the last couple of weeks here in Nace. It was one of the best time I've spent. Um, with golf, uh, was, was introducing kids to the game. Young people need to be introduced to the game early. And I think both, again, both interviewees touching that today. Um, so, yeah, there's that list. I spoke about the interviewees. Here they are. Are you ready to tee it up, Noel? I am. I'm ready to walk away. Who are you and where are you from? Hey, my name is Noelle Francisco. I am a social media influencer and I'm based in Meath. Why didn't you play golf until recently? I, well, yeah, I asked myself the same thing. So my dad tried to get me into golf. My dad plays and he's actually very good. He plays off five, sometimes lower. Right now he's currently five. Um, so when I was a kid, you know, he brought me out to play. I kind of liked it. But then when I became a member, I didn't like that aspect of it. I didn't like the, you know, for me, I just wanted to have fun. And it was kind of a lonely sport to start as a child. So I was always very hyper. Um, and I played every type of sport that I could, football, Gaelic. Um, so when it came to actually playing golf with other kids, I just felt really awkward. And I wasn't sure that I liked it. So... I didn't really play that much. Then every every week, my dad would go to the driving range and he'd ask me, would I like to go? So he'd have one basket of balls. I'd, I'd have two to three. <laughs> I'd be lining balls up in, in rows and I'd be hitting them and just kind of doing loads of happy Gilmore type shots. Um, but I loved it and I could really hit the ball well. So that kind of always stuck with me. Um, and then during lockdown, my dad said to me, I have a niece. She's At the time, she was 10. And he said that he's going to try and get her into golf and he'd love me to maybe give her some kind of a bit of motivation to get down and play. So I was like, oh, OK, fine. He kept asking me for years. And finally, I said, right, I'll go. So I went and I ended up loving it so much that I joined straight away. And 
and I got so into it. I, I just I was like, why didn't you force me into into staying with it? Like I, I you know I could have been great by now, and because my handicap has gotten a lot lower since I I started like kind of competing. But um, yeah, I, I was giving out to him. I was saying you should have forced me. You know, like I would have got into it, but look. There's uh, no time like the present, I suppose. What was your perception of Godf and maybe why you weren't so keen in it as a junior up until a couple of years ago? What was your perception of Godf before you, you retook that interest? Uh, yeah, I, I thought it was just a boring sport. It's not, um, you know, I like fast sports that will get your heart racing and stuff like that. Little did I know golf does get my heart racing, especially when I've, I have to make a, a putt. Um, there's people up on the 18th watching. Um, but no, it was just like the fashion sense as well for me. I, I just, I really disliked the clothes that, that they wore. Um, and then I realized that, you know, you don't have to wear those clothes. There are nice, trendy kind of clothes for young people to wear as well in golf. It's just that you don't really see it, especially at your local club, because there might not be um, a lot of young girls there. So yeah, it was that as well. Like I remember when I was a junior, someone complained about me because I had a, a top on that wasn't very, you know, it wasn't the type of clothes that you'd wear to the golf club. But I was a child and I was only getting into it. So, of course, golf clothes are a little bit more expensive than um, your average top or whatever. So, yeah, uh, someone put in a complaint about me and, and I just felt from then, I just felt really out of place. And, I, I, you know, for a child to feel that way, I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't think I like this this kind of the thing that I have to be, I have to look like this and I have to do this. And because for me as a child, I was really sporty and I was always in like football jerseys and all, you know. So, uh, yeah, it was just that kind of, the, all the rules for me, it was just a little much. Yeah, it can be, it can be overwhelming even as a, as a new person to any sport if you're a lady. Now, there's the, there's the 2000 page book of rules that you need to learn now so I'd oh, never, yeah. put, that in, I'd never put that in front of someone how have you gotten back into golf yourself then yeah so um I went out after covid and I you know when when the courses opened back up and it was just great to have a bit of exercise get the steps in um I started then going every maybe once every two weeks on the weekends and it was nice to spend some time with my dad as well um and then you know when you get your first win you kind of like, oh, oh, this is this is good, and I'm getting better, and you know. So from the first win, I I really caught the bug then because my handicap got lower, which was a nice boost. Um, and then I found myself going out once a week, and then I found myself going out twice a week, and I was like, oh, this is this is crazy. I was trying to you know get out of work a little earlier so I could go and practice and stuff. So. I just found any type of reason that I could, like if I was picking my partner up from work, I used to stay in work for an hour just because I, I'd be waiting around anyway. But now instead I would go and practice for an hour. And, you know, so it's just any little reason I could find, I'd be up at the course. If you play regularly or maybe you've played once or twice with male golfers, so maybe give me one good aspect of that mixed format. And one thing that annoys the hell out of you. I, I actually love playing with lads. I love it. Um, firstly because they they're you know I learn from everyone I, I always say if I don't learn something from around the golf then you know I'm I'm not I'm not progressing so every day I try to learn at least one thing whether it's a new rule or something and um, so yeah I, I really like playing with the lads because they do tend to help my game or give me little pointers um but yeah there's obviously 
I really dislike if someone says something about the ability of a woman, maybe not being able to hit it from wherever. Um, uh, I've been called Bryson DeChambeau. <laughs> I can I can hit it quite long. So normally I make, if someone annoys me, if someone says uh, some type of remark about women not being very good or whatever, they tend to eat their words when they see me out driving them. <laughs> um, but yeah, so just little snide remarks that can, that can annoy me. But generally, I, I have so much fun playing with the lads. So it's good. No, good. I, it doesn't matter what your gender is. Snide remarks generally don't go down <laughs> too no. well. <laughs> no, definitely. Um, you from anyone. We're all up for a bit of fun, but if it gets, you know, everyone should know where the line is. Have you any ideas about ways to make the game more fun, more inviting uh, to would-be golfers, whether you're male or female or millennial or kids or whatever? Have you any ideas on that? Yeah, well, that's one thing I'm really trying to do because obviously I have my social media and I've always been posting football stuff, football tricks and skills. So now because I have such an interest in golf, I'm actually trying to learn little skills for myself. So, for example, um, I, one of my friends, he plays off two or three. He was doing, like, keepy-uppies with the, the golf ball. And I was like, oh, I wish I could do that. So I was trying, and I couldn't get past four or whatever. Then I got to ten. Or no, nine. And he was like, the goal is ten. So I'd been practicing every so often. You know, I should have been practicing my putting, but I was practicing that. But... Uh, I managed to get 19 yesterday and I was amazed. So I, I obviously got it on video, thank God, because uh, no one would believe me otherwise. And uh, yeah, I was I was so happy that I did this. And it just, it looks so cool. And, you know, I'm trying to make golf look fun and cool. Like when I go out with my niece, I, I tend to bring her out on a Friday afternoon. I'll try and after school, get her out. Um, and we do little challenges, you know, like and make it kind of like a little competition. And she seems to really enjoy competing with me um so yeah if you just kind of make make little challenges i think trick shots can be cool to watch especially so for young people like i have a few people contacting me saying oh golf actually looks quite good you know i thought it was an old lady sport or whatever um so that's the goal to try and do fun things fun videos fun you know little challenges and hope that people People see it. That's what I want to do. I agree with you. You probably do know who, who they are. Like Brian Brothers used to do trick shots before there were trick shots. Uh, Wesley Brian is, is on tour now. They're from the States. Mm -hmm. And there's a load of YouTubers all kind of came together. Mm -hmm. who, uh, with good good boys. So, yeah, you know, you're just snake. Oh, yeah, I think I did. Make a bit of content out of them. <laughs> pretty cool. Pretty cool. I, I follow this guy, um, Arnau. On Instagram. Oh yeah, yeah. I just want to go there now. He's he does man. really cool things. Like he was doing. He had the putter, and he instead of putting that way, you know, the normal way, he scooped it behind his back, and it went and rolled in the hole. And I'm like, oh my god! But those things that like makes it fun, makes it cool, shows you the kind of light side of golf that you can have fun with it. What are you most looking forward to in your golf game this year? I have. I've set a challenge for myself this year. So last year was to get my handicap a little lower, as uh, you know. So I started at 36. I'm now 23.9. <laughs> to be exact. Nine in there. Be exact. Um, in the 23s, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously I want to get as low as I can. Um, but my main goal for this year is to compete for golfer of the year in the ladies section. So I'm trying to enter in all the the medals and there's nine 
helped them. So I, I think I've got three out of four done already. Um, but the that's the goal, just not even to win it, just to compete. Because last year, I I threw myself into the deep end. I didn't even know what strokes was. And I went out to play strokes with an old friend of mine from the junior section and her dad. So I arrived and I was like, sorry for gate crashing your little father-daughter date, you know. And they were like, oh, it's fine. So anyway, they told me it was strokes. And I was like, oh, okay. So anyway, I won't tell you how it went, but I'll tell you on the 14th, I got a 15. And I was absolutely mortified. So I didn't play strokes again. And uh, I, I left it. It was a year. And I, I said to my dad, I'm ready. I'm ready to play strokes. I've got this now. I, I know my game. I can manage the course a little bit better. So I, I've now got over the fear of strokes and I've actually done done pretty well. Like in the, the last one, the professionals prize, I came third and um, with 71, I think. 70, 71. But yeah, so like I was really, really happy with myself with the fact that I've overcome that. So now I think it's time to, you know, get involved in those type of um, prizes and competitions. Are you ready to hit up, Jen? I am. Let's do this. Who are you and where are you from? I am Jen Fury and I am from Dublin. I am a personal trainer, been a personal trainer for the last 15 years. Why didn't you play golf until recently, Jen? Um, I guess my perception on golf was probably 90% women's perception that it was a man's club. So you either had to be a man or you had to be retired, one or the other. Um, and wear a blazer. Definitely wear a blazer. Wear a blazer. Right? Exactly. Look the part. Be smart. <laughs> I guess back then, I didn't really look on it. Obviously, it's changed since I started playing. I didn't really look on it as a sport. I was into long distance running marathons, half marathons, and I associated sports with getting your heart rate up, that you'd feel absolutely wrecked afterwards, and you felt like you got a really good workout. So for me, that's what I looked on as a sport. Um, so golf was never really on my radar. And then growing up, very rarely I play a bit of pitch and push there and then but again I wasn't really in an environment where golf would be a sport that I would have taken part in. Where did the interest come from? How did you find getting into golf? Where, where did the interest come from? I guess it was COVID. Um, I mean COVID had a little bit of a silver lining for me where golf was concerned because there was nothing else open. Absolutely nothing else open. Everything was closed. You couldn't really do much and golf was probably one of the first um, sports and activities that reopened during COVID. So it was outdoors, you were in nature, and I thought, I'll give it a go with my dad. There's nothing else to do, and I'll give it a bit of a lash and see if if I enjoy it. I was going in with the expectation of hating it, being totally frustrated, bored. It was you hit your ball, you walked after your ball, and you did that for four hours. Um, and then that, after my first game, it just totally changed. My perception totally changed. And then I went out every weekend with my dad um, throughout during the COVID times. And then I just got a little bit addicted to it, like most people do. <laughs> what did you do first? Did, did you rock when you play around the golf or did you go to a range or what was your, I always ask on the podcast every week, what was your earliest memory of golf? So we'll take it from when you were looking during COVID. What was your earliest memory of playing golf? I think I went to the, yeah, I went to the driving range. Driving range was reopened and... I borrowed my dad's clubs, went up, just hit balls, thought to myself, just at the time, I thought it was a matter of just lashing the ball off the tee. Um, that, that is for a lot of people, exactly <laughs> what it is. Then I quickly realized that there's a little bit more uh, technicalities involved. Um, and then we went out, I think Deer Park in Hoth there was the first place we went. It was a public course. 
So we went out there. So you join and you're addicted after your first round of golf. What, what do you find addicting? I guess I would be quite a competitive person and not a competitive with other people, competitive with myself. Because coming from a, a running background, marathon running is a solo sport. So you go out there to try and beat your time every time. Every um, second. Every second counts. Exactly. Right? Every second counts. So golf is kind of similar insofar as every shot counts. And it's a competition between, it's your handicap, it's trying to get your handicap down, which is similar to trying to get your time down. In, in running so I think that's what made me really really fall in love with it that it was it didn't matter what the person I was playing with was what way they were playing it was all down to how I was playing and then my score was based on on that if you play regularly or if you have played with male chauvinistic pigs I mean male golfers <laughs> uh, can you give me a, a good aspect of that mixed play like experience and then one thing that maybe annoyed the hell out of you yeah, so I play with men all the time because I play at the weekends, so they would be they would be mainly with men. I could count on one hand the amount of times I've played with women. So I'm subjected to the uh, the cheeky comments all the time. And um, one thing, if I had a euro for every time someone said, oh, let's walk halfway up the, uh, the hole to Jen's tea box, I would be very wealthy. <laughs> it's the same thing. And it's the exact, like, no matter who you play with, it's the same thing. Um, so that gets a little bit, you kind of bite your lip and I'm thinking, well, I didn't make the rules. Um, or if you outdrive them, it's, oh, of course you outdrove me. You know, you're halfway up the, uh, halfway up the golf hall. Um, so that gets a little bit, you kind of bite your lip and I'm thinking, well, I didn't make the rules. Um, or if you outdrive them, it's, oh, of course you outdrove me. You know, you're halfway up the, uh, halfway up the golf hall. Oh yeah. Um, see, I caddied in Lahinge for six or seven years. So manners were put on me by American lady golfers as a fourteen and fifteen-year-old in terms of <laughs> how you know how to how to treat a lady in the golf course, and it's the exact same as how you treat a man in the golf course. You know yeah. I mean? yeah. Um, so yeah, that's interesting now um, because later on the, the end of this podcast, there'll be like you know the t- eight or nine things that us as male golfers kind of do unassumedly or. Um, yeah semi-conscious or subconsciously and I was like a couple of them I was like yeah I, I'd have done that in the past but you know a certain lady would have reprimanded me <laughs> I mean like yeah. you wouldn't say that to your mom or you wouldn't say that to your daughter and especially having a daughter now and, and, a, and a wife who I love I'd be like I wouldn't want anybody to treat yeah. her like that it, just yeah. in terms of you know uh, things like over encouragement or over instruction mm. or assuming the lady yes. is paying off the forward tees, for example, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah. Um, so or even I, getting I, a lesson like that most Saturdays I'm out, I pretty much get a lesson from every man that I'm playing with. Over instruction. You know, yeah. What to do, get, what not get, to do. Get back in your box. Um, <laughs> you might think on that. Yeah. You should only be getting instruction off a PTA qualified professional. Exactly. exactly. That's what I've been told. <laughs> Some some crack uh, getting instructed by someone who pays at twenty four, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. in, a, in a bogey who can hardly walk. <laughs> Have you any ideas about ways to make the game more fun, especially people new to the game, more inviting to all golfers, male, female, or kids? Yeah, I think we need to maybe evolve the driver ranges a little bit more. You see it in other countries, um, in Dubai and stuff, that it, it becomes a thing to do or a thing to do at the weekend to go out with your friends. Um, whether that's, and I think the K Club have kind of touched on it with their indoor um, driving range that, you know, there's a bar or you can go with friends, it can be a corporate event and just to evolve that a little bit more and that to try and take the obstacle of, of clubs that if you don't have clubs that you can still 
go out to the driving range week. And I know you can in some driving ranges, but some of the golf clubs that you see, you think to yourself, if I was to walk in with my friends, having no background in golf, I wouldn't have a clue what to take up into my hand or, you know, what to do with it. So just to to maybe evolve the driving ranges a little bit as a good introduction to people so that they can go with their friends or, you know, you could even extend that out further to having birthday parties, hens parties, things like that, that golf becomes very much um, a way to socialize with people. Um, so I think that could be a good way of, of making it a little bit more fun. And then family, like I've even seen it with my dad and I see from, from your own Instagram with your son that it's a very, can be a very family orientated sport. Um, and if I had the opportunity from when I was really young to go out with not only my dad, but if I could go out with my mom or my sister and we played a four ball as a family, I mean, that would have been really great crack and would have been a great introduction as a kid of, of getting into golf. Um, so I know for myself, I had nothing in common with my dad. I very rarely, you know, have a reason to text him or call him or to hang out with him. And now golf is that common denominator that we have that has brought us a lot closer together. And to be able to do that through a sport, I think, is is brilliant. It's really, really good. I'm looking forward to playing in all the father-daughter events in about yeah, exactly. 10, 12 years when she's <laughs> beating me in the golf course. What are you most looking forward to for your game this year? Um, I have a target to hit. I'm at 26 handicap at the moment. So I started at 34. That was my very first handicap that I got um, back when I joined my first club in January. So they gave me 34. I'm down to 26 now. So the target by the end of the summer is to try and get to 24 and then use the winter season to try and I practice. think I've seen your Instagram thing. <laughs> you're setting yourself a very achievable tag right there. It does seem to be a realistic and achievable, but uh, you're, uh, Jesus, you'll be well able, I'd say, well able. Fingers crossed, that's the target anyway. Segment three. Golf Ireland's Get Into Golf program is a program designed not only to support golf clubs in recruiting new members and in turn increase their membership figures and revenue, but also make golf more accessible to a wider audience. So yeah, this is straight from the Golf Ireland website. So just go to Golf Ireland and Get Into Golf and you'll get this. So the Golf Ireland Get Into Golf program um, can be broken into three main strands and that's recruitment, the Get Into Golf program itself, and follow on membership activities. Golf clubs have a great deal of success running these Get Into Golf programs with a national average of 66% of participants moving from the program into membership, providing great opportunities for clubs to recruit new members. So get on to development at golfireland.ie for more information about that. The Women in Golf Charter, and this is pivotal, right? Across the globe, women as a whole haven't continued to be underrepresented at all levels of the golf club, namely, categories of membership, access to the course, access to competitions and coaching and refereeing and leadership opportunities. But over the past 15 years, it's not all bad on today's episode, but over the past 15 years, there's been a noticeable shift in all of those areas mentioned, particularly in our country, largely due to the Equal Status Act. Let's go back in time. 1991, only 13% of female members were allowed attend their club's AGM, with only 7% of those having a vote. This is one of the largest shifts in modern day club membership, with now 51% of women members now having full membership and voting rights in their club. It differs a bit when you go up north where just 15% of, of women are full members. However, with women of golf making up 22% of golf club membership across 368 golf clubs, only half of them have full rights. There's a clear opportunity to improve the voice of women 
and the support available to clubs across the country in Golf Ireland. And that's a key objective of Golf Ireland, is to promote equality and inclusivity in golf across the island of Ireland. Many golf clubs are already committed to this objective, and statistics from a recent survey show that challenges continue to exist in terms of fairness for all especially, particularly in the areas of membership, timesheet access, coaching and governance. The Women of Golf Charter was launched at the, by the RNA in May 2018, all around increasing women and girls' participation and membership in golf and encourage more families to enjoy golf as a leisure activity and encourage more opportunities for women to work in the golf industry. The RNA is committed to playing that leadership role and to work with affiliates and partners in the wider golf industry in achieving this goal. The charter, so if you've seen that your golf club has signed up to this charter, this is what the charter specifically aims to achieve. Number one, strengthen the focus on gender balance and provide a a united position for the golf industry. Number two, commit national federations and organisations to support measures targeted at increasing participation of women, girls and families in golf. Number three, call upon signatories to take positive action to support the recruitment, retention and progression of women working at all levels in the sport. Number four, set individual targets for national associations for participation and membership and reporting progress annually. The last one, develop an inclusive environment for women and girls within golf. So how can golf get involved? The Golf Ireland team will fully support golf clubs across Ireland to adopt the Women Golf Charter. Uh, there's a variety of practical examples your club might want to include to formulate your own club commitments to the charter. Alternatively, you can adopt principles already formulated within your club's business plan. Once complete, you'll be recognised as the Women Golf Charter signatory and your commitments will be listed on the RNA and the Golf Ireland website. So again, hit up development at golfireland.ie for more informa- information, right? So it's all around uh, holding yourself accountable, holding the club accountable and your members accountable for, for making a change and, and being more gender balanced and being more open uh, and more fluid and more flexible um, to, the, to the members you have around you. And, and, and that f- pulls through or falls through to community in general in 2022. So I think this is my favourite section because there's a couple of laughs in here and it's all around why top golf in America say women are better than men at golf. And I'm not laughing at the answers, I'm just I'm just laughing at that it's a survey done or, or some questions asked, but there's actually like they're all they're all correct. Uh, number one, superior multitasking skills. Pretty much every study ever conducted on multitasking has found that yes, women are better at performing several tasks at once than men, whose testing scores are always significantly lower. And on the golf course, multitasking is essential, right? You have to map out and adopt your overall strategy, calculate risk and reward, manage power and direction, work out your score, and try not throw your club in frustration. It's almost as though golf is designed for women. Number two, women have an advanced learning ability. Academics have found that when it comes to completing schoolwork, learning at university and mastering languages, women are superior. And Top Golf has seen many young men confidently offer his girlfriend or female friends some gentlemanly advice on how to properly strike a golf ball, only to slice his own shot at a 90 degree angle into the side netting. Whereas they've noticed that women, in comparison, rarely step forward to offer advice to their male company unless it's asked for, and that women in Top Golf lessons are extremely attentive listeners. And Top Golf folks do know is that learners, male or female, improve their game a hell of a lot quicker than those who think they know everything. Number three, women are more flexible. 
Um, there's been some very dubious attempts to hit golf balls long distances, most notably swinging the club as fast as humanly possible. Strength, of course, can be a natural advantage, but lifting heavy weights will stiffen you up, or, or can, uh, and rather than help you strike fluidly through the ball. And one physical asset that without doubt aids in striking the ball clean is by far is flexibility. Um, and guess who's more flexible naturally? You guessed it. Number four, women can handle stress better than men. Mark Twain once described golf as a good walk spoiled and many a golfer would empathise with him. Golf can be an incredibly rewarding sport but every course is a minefield of stressors that could be triggered at any moment. Uh, from frequently unlucky bounces to smug playing partners who can't help but comment every time you miss the fairway or just touch your ball off the tee. One. There's a whole host of factors that could result in your brand new expensive 9-iron being hurled angrily into that closest water feature, and that right, Grayson Murray. Uh, scientists have consistently found females across different species are able to deal with pressure more effectively than males during challenges, due to that stress-blocking properties of the oestrogen, oestrogen hormone, uh, which means that when the going gets tough on the golf course, women don't need to get going. They simply focus on the task at hand without becoming too frustrated. And I also found this other list, uh, nothing to do with top golf, but it's the 11 dumbest ways men act towards women on a golf course. So, one is like assuming women golfers are not very good, slow or both. Um, let's, let's face it, we've all once upon a time, you know, been in the tee box and like all oh, those women in front of you are like, ah, Jesus, right? Now just remember that there is plenty male golfers in your, in your club. That if you're behind them, you're like, uh, Jesus as well. Um, but when it's a female golfer, the eye rolls become bigger and, and thoughts of that six-hour round start dancing in your head. Until that is, they step up and they fly one past you off the first tee or play at a pace that would you make, like, would make a speed walker. What's his name? I think there's Irish speed golfer. Forget his name. But it'd make him blush. But there are tons more male golfers who, who fit that bill of thinking women golfers are not very good at their play so. So forget those assumptions and even if proven true on occasion, exercise patience because it works both ways. But one way that um, male golfers assume what women golfers is the only play off the forward tees. You're going to play the ladies tees, right? First of all, it's the forward tees, not the ladies tees. Uh, and perhaps worse than that is walking past those forward tees, forgetting you have a woman in the group. It, is, is assuming they're playing from there in the first place. I mean, have you ever assumed like a male golfer is going to move up a tee or two? Fact is, there are an incredibly large number of talented women golfers perfectly capable of kicking your ass on the course. And they can choose whatever fucking tee they want to wish to play from without your questioning them. Uh, another thing, being overly generous on putt concessions annoys the hell out of women golfers. You might think you're coming across as nice and generous and caring by giving them that five-footer uh, for your women playing partner or even perhaps saying something that you think is cute. Uh, no doubt you would have made, made that. But that's not cute. It's condescending and exactly the type of behavior to avoid. All golfers love the satisfaction of firing that five-footer home. Another thing, thinking you know the right club for them. If you really want your wife or your girlfriend or a woman friend to enjoy the sport, make sure they get the clubs that fit their game. And if you listen to my podcast ever before, go to PJ Pro or better yet, go to Four Golf Custom. Please don't think you're good enough to fit them. Uh, or please don't think if you're a woman golfer, think you're not good enough to get fit. Everyone has a swing DNA that a fitter can spot 
and they help you find clubs to optimize your game. Fellas, stop over-instructing or thinking. Every woman, God for wants your help. Sadly, and it's mentioned by um, by Jed, you know, too many men consider a driving range akin to their own personal pickup bar. They leave, that leaves women practicing by themselves in an uncomfortable position where total strangers are. And Noel mentioned that. Uh, but those total strangers, then uninvitedly offer swing tips. Fellas, you're not Butch Harmon. You're not Claude Harmon, you know. My guess is your own game probably could use with a lesson or two. So fire over to the Golf Academy, grab a bucket, find a spot, and get to work on your own swing. Golf is a boot camp, over-instructing you to turn off in the best of circumstances, and as soon as after a game, leave them alone. Enjoy the round, and save the tips for practice, your own practice. Fellas, over-encouragement. Encouragement from your playing companions is a key part of golf. And who doesn't like that positive reinforcement that comes from an appropriate nice shot? Unfortunately, when women play with when, when men play with women, the encouragement tends to get a little over the top at times. Do you really know? Like, do you want to hear how great your 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 popped up or your 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 pinned tee shot is? Not really. And, and neither does a woman. Appropriately acknowledge the good shots and commiserate with the poor ones. And if someone woman, man, child is new to the game, make sure to let them know poor shots are more than okay. We all hit them. Um, Fallas, assumptions in general, just don't do them. Judging the book by the by a cover applies here. Don't assume women want to grab a cart or a trolley instead of walking and carrying. Don't assume that they want to drink or a burger at a 10 tea box. Don't assume that they want the pink golf ball that you just found. Don't assume they need any tip from club staff or, or you, they need you to caddy for them. Don't assume they only want to play a nine. In short, you're about to assume something about a, a, a woman golfer. Just don't do it. And for, the, for those percent of men out there that think, you know, on the 18th hole is a chance to, to get close, playing 18 holes with someone does not mean that they want to hug or go on a date with you. You just finished a fun, enjoyable round with a golfer, be it male or female, that you were paired with. So what does that mean? Well, if you've listened to anything so far of this list of things not to do, or things that annoy women golfers, assume absolutely nothing. You might have had some crack on the course, had some banter, maybe some on-course chemistry, but don't assume that means anything more than a fun round of golf. A woman in your group doesn't need to go through that gauntlet after putting the tee in on the 18th hole just because she's a woman. If you really like that person and think the feeling might be neutral, the best option is simply to say, hey, that was fun. Hope we play again sometime. Now, for any women or, or indeed millennials or kids who want to get into the game, here are some frequently asked questions. Do you need your own set of golf clubs to play? Um, no, especially when you take part in the Get Into Golf program by Golf Ireland, or indeed if you start with a lesson or two, you don't need your own set of clubs. They can be costly expense when you start a new hobby, so for a session or a Get Into Golf session, they actually provide the clubs for you, and, and your local PGA Pro will provide one or two for you to get going. And then if you decide to continue playing and want to buy equipment, the program coaches or your PJ professional and definitely for Golf Custom can give you some guidance on which club you should purchase first so that you can spend money on the key clubs you need 
rather than investing heavily on an unsuitable set. And definitely don't buy a club's your male that that's like fella you played with, tells it to buy. Um, is there a strict dress code at golf courses? Uh, the golf courses, especially that are in the Get Into Golf program, allow a relaxed and informal dress code. There's no need to worry that you don't own any golf shoes or that you're wearing the right top. Simply wear what you feel comfortable in and, and that's suitable for walking around in outdoor weather. So you can just focus on having fun. Many clubs no longer have strict dress codes. Just check with your coach or PJ professional if you have any questions around what you should wear. Um, but most just request you wear something comfortable and sensible for playing a bit of sport in. Do you need to learn the rules of golf? We know the rules can be daunting when you learn a new sport. And for getting into the golf program, that's why lessons or that program is a great way to get started. Uh, with the golf course on hand and it's relaxed and full environment, there's no pressure to be a know-it-all as you'll learn all you need to know as you play. Do you need to become a member of a club? You don't need to become a member of any golf clubs. Many of the clubs provide, like in Ireland especially, have a pay-as-you-play option, so you don't have to commit to a membership fee. Just check again again with your PJ professional, or if you're in the Get Into Golf program, ask the coach. The choice is yours, and you may just want to continue meeting up for golf or just have a chat over coffee with, with other golfers. Uh, the choice is yours <laughs> to continue playing golf around your existing life, so there's no pressure. Although your new golf friends might be giving you a nudge to, to meet up. If you've never played golf before, does that matter? Absolutely not. I try and bring newbies uh, to golf all the time. Friends, neighbours, colleagues at work. Remember this, everyone started somewhere. I started playing 25 years ago. Uh, like, And even the professional started as a beginner. So with the help of, if it's a get into golf programme, or again your PJ professional, you will learn to play without any pressure or any judgement. If you're a bit competitive, though, just maybe have a bit of patience. It wouldn't take long for you to get into the swing of the game and you're starting to play alongside other friends in no time. Will your age restrict you from playing golf? Golf is suitable for all ages. That's the beauty of it. I say from four to 94. Um, even self-confessed couch potatoes can find a new lease of life. Uh, you can play with friends and family members, which makes an incredible sport for spending quality time with others. When you come along to a golf session, if it's a get into golf program one or a lesson at a golf club, you'll realise that there are many different women and, and, and men and, and people from all walks of life who just want to play golf and meet new people. Um, will I fit in? There's a perception. And we've heard it today earlier in today's uh, episode that golf clubs are overrun with men. But there are actually a growing number of female golfers, of women in golf clubs. Once you venture inside the golf club gates, you'll see that there is a diverse mix of women who come from many different backgrounds and have a varied lifestyle, from mothers and grandmothers to business owners and students and sisters and everyone. Um, it doesn't matter what your background is, you'll find a great mix of people who all love coming together to simply learn and enjoy a great game of golf. I mean, with some food after. The best part is many people who've made new friends from being uh, part of a golf club or indeed to get into a golf program, it brings people together. You never know who you might meet. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Penultimate segment of this week's episode. It's been a long one, so thank you all for listening thus far. And if you are one of the lucky winners, uh, you should have a DM from me today, Saturday. I'm um, looking for your address to send you some snazzy ball markers or if you maybe won the rope hat or... Maybe the bag itself. What a bag for life that is. Masters, Augusta National Golf Club. So thank you to the 80 plus people who entered. And the winners are at Megan underscore Harty 01, at Irish Guy 76, 
at Michael Fullstop Kinney, at Gooser1983, at O'Leary Stacks, at the Kieran Bracken, and at John Maher. So well done, everyone. You have some Masters Clubber coming your way. If you don't um, reply within seven days, I do have four people picked at random on backup. So if you don't claim it, it'll go to somebody else. All right. Whoosh. And the final segment, and it's a big one. And we're all going to go to the JP McManus on the 4th to 5th of July. We all, well, that is, of course, if you have your tickets. So if you don't have tickets, guess what? I have two. Um, donated by Owen Begley. So thank you very much, Owen. I uh, played Harlem with Owen. He's a Kilkenny man, so we might be friends for a week or so because Clay are playing him in the All Ireland semi final hurling championship here in Ireland. But we'll, we'll, I'll still talk to you on. So I got to thank Owen for donating the two caps. He says, do your thing, give them away, and I'm going to wrap them for charity. And because. The J.P. McManus is for Midwest Charities, and I am from down there as well, so it helps. I'm actually going to pick uh, a charity that's close to my heart, uh, TLC for CF, so Tender Love and Care for Assisted Fibrosis. It was actually my third or fourth cousins, the Drennans in Ennis, were originally co-founders of this charity, I believe, as well. So um, it is near and dear to my heart. So um, that's what's going to be a race for, and they've set up an amazing uh, facility in Limerick so that kids with cystic fibrosis and, 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 and people in general with cystic fibrosis don't need to be travelling to Dublin uh, for all their treatments so um, it's worth it right so to enter I have set up a GoFundMe page it's going to be linked on this podcast in the show notes or it's going to be in my bio on all social media everywhere um, and if you donate 5 euro you'll get in so donate 5 euro and then send me a screenshot. So you can send me a screenshot on social media at Paddy Talks Golf or email it to paddy at paddytalksgolf.com. Um, don't leave your number or address in, in your comment visible anyway on GoFundMe. Uh, but yeah, the five euro more. So if you want to donate, for example, 50 euro, that gets you 10 entries. You see this way this is working? And I'm going to put it up today, Saturday. And I'm going to pick the winners next Wednesday. And I'm going to release on Wednesday's podcast. That's why there wasn't one last Wednesday. Because I thought of this. So I'll put out next Wednesday. And the Beyond Scratch Road to the South series on Wednesdays. Which will be more than once. Four or five weeks ago. I will try and make it as weekly as possible. I promise. So yeah. Go fund me. Um, for TRT for CF. Uh, for two uh, J.P. McManus tickets. I'm going to wrap them off separately so there'll be two winners. Um, so yeah, five euro donation or increments of five for multiple entries. You get me. Okay? Cool. Whoosh. So that is this week's episode. It's done. Thank you all for listening. If you've listened this far, you're an absolute trooper. Do one more thing and leave an old podcast review. Share it with your family and friends. Loads to do this week. We had Instagram giveaways with the JP McManus hats up for grabs. So head over to GoFundMe. The link will be in the show notes. The link will be on all the bios on the different social media platforms. So get entering. I would love to raise 200 quid or more. That'd be great. That's like 100 quid a hat. Um, but yeah, that'd be great. Secretly, I'd love to raise like 500 quid. But aspirational. Um, realistic, I think, is 200. So let's track it. Let's share it. Uh, and let's raise some money for TLC for CF uh, in the Midwest. All right, I've held you long enough. I think this is the longest episode I've ever done. 
and number 124. Um, so thank you very much. And if you are going to the JP, I will have stickers and on the spot I'll have a big bag of merch and stuff to give away. So maybe tell you listen to the show. Leave a podcast review with me on site and you'll get some stuff. Cool. All right. Until we teed up again soon, I'm Paddy. <laughs>